kids and welcome to Yellow Concrete. It's another podcast from me, Graham. Welcome. How are you? Good? Life, you know, treating you well and whatnot? I hope so. Yeah. That's all we can hope for, I, I imagine, within you know, the, the mortal realm. Um, today, it's going to be a little, little different. I'm going to start with a little story. Recently, I went on holiday. Um, first time I've been on holiday in a while, I think. I mean, I take. I mean, first first time I've been on holiday outside of the United Kingdom in a while. Up to that point, it had been it'd been a while since I've been out of the country. I, I think last year I didn't go out of the country because uh, it was kind of like a, a financial saving year. So I did more camping within the UK and visiting UK destinations. Because you don't have to leave the country to have a holiday. I think that's something which a lot of people don't really get is that you can go see and relax there is places within the uk that you can go see and relax and it's it's interesting and it's it's you know it's the hard reboot which is what a holiday's for i think everyone who kind of considers a holiday they see is like, oh, i've got to go see something new or i've got to go see something something fascinating and i've got to have exhilaration and fun or get wasted and that's that's a complete lies it's, it's it's different for everybody but for me a holiday is about a hard reboot it's about Getting away from everything which makes your life your life. Giving you the opportunity that you can sit back and say, you know what, today I don't have to do anything. I will, I'll likely end up doing anything, I did a lot of things whilst I was away, but I don't have to. Because it's holiday, it's a separation from reality by being on holiday. And of course when you come back, obviously you get the the obvious uh, the follow-up depression of knowing that you're not on holiday anymore and you've got lots of things to do. But we'll get around that. That's that's how we live life. But back to the point, I, got, I went away on holiday. Uh, it was also the first trip I've taken alone um, outside of the country. I've been out of the country with people who I didn't choose to go on holiday due to business and various field trips, like school trips. Um, but up till... Like fairly recently, I was doing everything with my partner, and then I had a separation back in in uh, December uh, 2016. So this was my first first big trip on my own, and it was a fairly big thing for me. So I, I kind of set myself targets of going away and saying to myself that this, these are there's a few things which I need to do. There's a few things which I hugely enjoy, and there's a few things which I hugely enjoyed with my other half. And I need to make sure that those things haven't changed, that those things are still something which I can go out and do. And I did. And I did. And we're going to get to those things. So I went to Bruges. Bruges. I don't know why I was in Bruges. This was something, a conversation I was expecting to have with people in Bruges. I went and expected someone to ask, oh, why did you choose Bruges? But no one asked me why I chose Bruges. And I was waiting to have this conversation, which was along the lines of, I don't have any idea why I'm in Bruges. I'm basically here just out of coincidence and cost. Because it was fairly cheap, and I went on the Eurostar, first time on the Eurostar. Um, if you're unaware, the Eurostar is a train which goes from uh, London to Pancreas International, takes you all the way through to France. So you can get there, you don't have to take a plane, you don't have to take a boat, you can just get on a train and go. Because they built a tunnel. Fantastic channel tunnel. Regardless of what xenophobes think, it's the channel tunnel is fantastic. It's a freaking hole under an ocean which humanity built. How can you question that as being a marvellous invention? Anyway, went to Bruges. And I ended up there out of coincidence because I'd been considering going to Berlin. Uh, Berlin's a great place. Been there before. Went for a week. 
and really enjoyed it. It was a, it was a really good time. Um, and then I realized that I might not be able to afford Berlin. And I was looking for cheaper alternatives, and Bruges came up. And I was umming and ahhing and discussing myself with Belgium. I've never been to Belgium. And I realized that maybe I should go. And then I flicked on TV one night, and In Bruges was on, which is a great film. And it was a film which I saw whilst I was in university, and I thought it was hilarious. And that kind of... I'm not a person who believes in fate. I'm not a person who believes in that there is a place for everything, and everything's perfect, and, you know, you got to take the symbols and the sign. There are no symbols and signs. You read into everything you want, and that, that comes from my art background. Everything can have context, and it's up to you to apply that context. So, you know, you, you can't really get around that. Um, so I kind of looked as, okay, this is hugely coincidental, but at the same time... I'm going to, for the first time, I'm going to take that coincidence and I'm going to go out of my way and go to Bruges. So I did go to Bruges and it was fantastic. It's a brilliant city. Um, But whilst I was there, to the point of this actual podcast, whilst I ramble on telling you about my boring life, boring life, I went to another country, Jesus. Anyway, I was in Bruges and most of my time there, my guide to traveling if anyone's going to travel, is that you get there, you spend as little as you can on food, and you spend all of your money on coffee and museums and sites, and that is how you tra- how you travel. That's how I travel. Is you get there, you spend too much money on museums and coffee, and that that basically becomes your life. Uh, so that's what I did. I went out and I went to the various museums of Bruges. I took a day trip. I uh, went to Ostend which is just on the coast of Belgium. Excuse me. Just off the coast of Belgium. Um, Just off the coast of Belgium. Just on the coast of Belgium. Where they have a fantastic fine art museum. And, yeah. That was basically how I I spent my trip to Bruges. But a lot of it got me thinking. Because it was interesting being a solo traveller in a museum. Uh, I've been to museums on my own before, and it's always an interesting experience. But whilst I was in these museums, I was surrounded by coach trips of um, old, older people and people from other cultures. But they were all arranged trips, and obviously they, they go to these sites, and the, the trips are all paid for, and they, they have this thing, whereas I obviously chose that to go on my own. And it maybe got, got me thinking about how we use art as an idea and the relation of art between people because as a society art has a very high place and i watched a film the other night uh called monuments men has uh george clooney matt damon and uh, bill murray it's a great little film i i have it has its drawbacks as a film but every film does but the sentiment of the film was based on a true story of a group of people who were assembled in order to collect fine art pieces during world war ii to protect the cultural heritage of Europe whilst there was a war zone happening within Europe, within France, within Belgium, within all these places. So they arranged this group of people who went out and collected these paintings and protected them and then handed them back to the countries once the war ended. And that, that was the whole idea. And it was the fact that they were willing to sacrifice lives to save art when in reality art is, is on the basis of levels it's an it's a sketch it's you know it's a piece of sculpture and yet we we really heavily glorify uh i'm not saying that's a bad thing it's it's this is is a representation of human intelligence and imagination which we we find these masterpieces and we go yes that's 
that is the peak of that time and that is a peak of an idea which connects people and everyone gets something different when they look at art. Everyone looks at something and they go, something in their head clicks and they try to interpret it and they try to interpret it out. And that, whilst in itself is a beautiful idea, is one which is the biggest problem for art. Because I was in, I really can't remember the name of it. I'll, I'll look it up as, as I say here. Um, but I was in Bruges, um Fine Art Museum where they have all their classical paintings. Bruges Fine Art, excuse me. I am quickly looking this up. There we go, the Groning Museum. So there's a, bit, a museum in Bruges called the Groning Museum, and it holds a lot of the classical works, which are developed by Belgian artists. Um, hugely stunning paintings. Uh, it's also connected to a, another gallery across the road called the Arten House, which, again, had a smaller exhibition on, but was worth going to see. Uh, but what, what, what was interesting about the Groning Museum was that it had these huge romantic classical Flemish paintings, but they also have a modern art exhibition on. And most of this modern art was single-colour canvases. And whilst I was wandering around and I was surrounded by people of an older generation and people of other cultures, everyone was looking at these classical fine art things and nobody was in the modern art section. I walked through and I spent time in there and had a sit and chilled out and just looked at these modern art paintings. And everyone avoided that room as though it was something either not as important or unrelatable or just that they didn't want to see it that they felt like that was a waste of their money and I found that really interesting because I mean obviously I I go out of my way to see fine art especially modern art I go to museums, I take trips specifically to see modern artists because I'm from a fine art background. I think it's important to go look at work regardless of whether I'm going to enjoy it or not because it's that interpretation you get as you see it and as you experience it. And I, I think that was, that's that's just me. But And I understand that a lot of people don't understand that and that that's, that's not their drive to get up and go see and yet we were, I was kind of sat there thinking, why, how does this kind of balance? And then in that sense, why are they here to see classical works? Are they here to see classical works because they feel that that's an important thing to do? Because they feel like that's something they have to do because they're in the city in the same way as like you go to, as they say, in Rome, do as the Romans do. If you're in another country, you have to go experience their culture. And they didn't feel that, that modern art was part of their culture. They only were the historical culture. It's an interesting balance to kind of strike between what you're doing out of what you feel is your responsibility or what you're doing for the uh, for the distinction to say that, you know, I've been I've been seeing this, I've been seeing a Rembrandt and I've been to see, you know, Rembrandt's house and or I've been to Anne Frank's house because, you know, it's an important historical thing and you said, and or whether you're doing it because you you truly want to understand the art, that you truly want to step into a room and 
experience those paintings. When you're experiencing those paintings, obviously it's a balance between your mind and your your logic telling you what you see. And that, that's what's the reason why I don't take gallery tours. Because I want to experience paintings the same way or as close to as I can as when those paintings were created. Obviously, there's a whole context context in the back of my mind because I've had a completely different upbringing to the time when a painting was made in like 19th century neoclassical. But all I want is the title and the image. And a little bit of background about the artist. And I want to look at that painting and think, what did the people of that time think? And then how do I look at this and think, yeah, that's... And that's that's how I discern in my head whether something is good or bad within the art world. And good and bad is completely subjective. That's that's just the basis of art itself. And I kind of have to sit there and think, yeah, well... But those people aren't giving the time of day to this main thing, to this modern thing. How can you sit there and go, yeah, this painting's worth it and this painting's not? You can't. So I think that's that's an important that's an important idea of if you're visiting a gallery is just don't just go see the Mona Lisa. Go see the rest of the gallery. Because everything in there whether you like it or not, I'm not saying you have to spend your whole day looking at things you don't like. I'm just saying give it a chance. Go experience it. Go experience it in the same way you would the Mona Lisa. Go experience it in the same way you would go see a Rembrandt painting. Because that's what they're putting there. That's why art is put into galleries is for you to consider it. It is put there for you to sit sit back and think to yourself, yeah, or no. But that's the balance. That's 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 what I'm trying to. I mean, in a way, I'm trying to manage within myself of how we use art. I use art. It was a conversation which I had myself to kind of break. Of it started with an idea of how we use music. And how we use film. <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously these are ideas and these are creations which we then take upon ourselves. We inflict our own ideas, own context, into those songs and films. And we relate to them as narrative story, regardless of whether it's narrative story or not, and the emotions which are felt within those. And we, we try and relate. Or we don't relate. And part of that informs how you interpret it. So you hear a song and you think to yourself, what is this song about? Can I relate to this song? And you may not relate to this song, but you may still think it's a good song because you may think it's technically good. But if you connect with it, then obviously you're going to appreciate that song a little bit more or you're going to not appreciate that song a little bit more. Maybe you'll resent that song because it tells you something about yourself which you didn't know. And I think art has a very much a lot... Along those lines, for me personally, I I look to art as somewhere to disconnect from my own brain. I look to it as something which is going to make me think or feel in some way. It's going to open a discussion within myself. And that's what I do when I create work. I, I want to make work which allows people to have a discussion with themselves and the world around them. If they want to take it to the world around them, fantastic, because then that's even had more of an impact than anything else. And I think that's what's important for art to do. It is important for you to sit there and look at it and make a connection with it. And that's that. That is the main barrier for modern art, is that 
a lot of people they can't connect with modern art and they only see modern art as something for scholars and you know the pretentious level which fine art can get to and everything has a pretentious level regardless of whether you think it is or not i mean even food has a pretentious level if you're eating the wrong kind of caviar with the wrong kind of wine god forbid but fine art has this barrier which is 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 well and truly fully constructed it's a wall which is incredibly hard to to find a gap in and you kind of have to force yourself at times through that wall to see what's on the other side and if you're if you're not a person who follows art i can completely understand if you don't want to do that if you don't want to spend your time looking into that and exploring that that is completely acceptable in the same way that I don't want to spend time looking into something which doesn't interest me. I am not going to look into the history and the conceptual meaning and the the challenges overcome by a football team. That's just not going to happen because I don't have that interest and there's no middle ground for me to connect with that. I, For most people, the middle ground there comes from patriotism and that's a whole other conversation. But it's something I just don't have. So I, I can understand how people have that with fine art. And I find it interesting that a lot of people... Uh, disregard a lot of art but they know of it because in a way they're they're kind of unaware that they've been affected by it uh, you, I mean there's a couple of famous pieces uh, for instance Tracy Emin's Unmade Bed and uh, Duchamp's uh, Mutt his urinal which uh, cracked into a gallery <laughs> those are two pieces which if you discuss modern art will come up Damien Hurst, you know, chopping animals in half, putting them in in display cases. Those are pieces which are hugely impactful to the point of people say they they don't like them and they they dislike them and that's not art. And how is that? And how is this even a consideration for being art when it's not stunning? It's not something to look at. And and yet they're talking about it. It's caused discussion, which is what art is to me is something which needs to get out there and cause a discussion or make you make you just consider your surroundings and context and that's what they do that's what those those pieces of art do i mean i'm not a follower of any of those artists and yet i'm aware of those pieces I think the, cl- the closest out of those out of three is damien hurst and that's because i did a lot of interest in him once i was in college and and yet, we're kind of sat there and saying, yeah, you can mention those pieces to anyone. And they'll likely know who they are. And that, that's, that's true impact from art. And I think a lot of really fine art, it lacks that connection because it's not rememberable to someone who is not following art. And I think art should be accessible to everyone. A really uh, an interesting one when I went to Ostend, because I... Whilst I go to these big galleries, I also go to smaller ones. Uh, for instance, I went to the Picasso Museum, uh, which wasn't Pica- Ooh, excuse me, which wasn't a P- Picasso Museum, uh, but more of like a collection of his sketches and uh, work which he had done outside of the painting. So a little bit of his ceramic work, which is which is a lot lesser known. I also went to the the Dali Museum, um, <clears throat> which is in Central Bruges, and I visit these places because I'm interested about. Obviously, from my background, I'm interested about the artists and I'm interested about their lives and how they got to where they were. And learning about these artists, learning about what the, these people who are considered masters, 
was really interesting because it helps you give you it helps give you a little bit of reflection i mean my 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 full scale dream is still to be an artist i have no idea if i'll get there but then neither did salvador dali neither did pablo Picasso. and whilst i i find it hard with those with those two especially to look at that and think well you know maybe there's a slight chance for me because they created work for different reasons. I mean, Dali created work to create work. There was a great piece, um, what the word? Great, great quote written on the wall of uh, the Dali Museum, which is something along the lines of "Just because I don't know what I'm creating whilst I'm creating it, doesn't mean it doesn't have doesn't mean it doesn't have meaning at the end of it." And I thought that's fantastic. You you are creating for the act of creating, and obviously he had a huge influence within uh the surrealist movement and that was a whole whole idea and for my generation and for for the, the world we live in right now it's hard to find those movements because they're not publicized they're not things which you know about whilst they're happening they just happen and then all of a sudden you know 10 years later they're doing a museum based on that whole movement which was whatever was happening at the time. But the reason I mentioned that is I went to a museum in Ostend, which is a modern art museum. And there was a exhibition on there, which I'm trying to remember the name, by uh, Franz Masriel. Or Mas- Masriel. I'm, I'm not ter- terribly great at pronouncing names. Uh, but Franz Masriel, who... The exhibition was called Images of Resistance. It's great, fantastic exhibition. I think it was one of the best ones which I saw whilst I was in Bruges. Um, and he made—he was a graphic artist and woodcutter um, within the 20th century. And he basically created work just to express his ideas, to push those ideas into the world. And that—that that is, a, I, I related a lot to that as someone who likes to create, wanting to develop discussion. And whilst Picasso and, and Dali had these works, and it seemed it seemed a, a, a kind of a, a balance between the two. You had these two grandmasters who were making work, and obviously it was interesting to see that the Dali Museum, you could purchase works, and obviously they were expensive. And I saw a couple of people purchasing these works, and I was thinking to myself, Whilst I'd love to own those images, owning the original isn't important to me because the idea of the image is important to me, not owning the original. And when I went to see Masriel's work, it was interesting to read about how he'd gone about pushing that work into the world. Instead of creating kind of masterpieces, instead of creating fine art icons, he'd instead approached graphic design and made uh, comics for magazines and satirical tutorial things and all with the intention of just getting his work to as many people as possible that was kind of the key to the work he was creating he wanted to make things from kind of a constructive standpoint and question injustice and inequality with a critical eye and in order to get that idea which he felt was important into the world and that that's kind of like a path that's basically a path which i'd love to follow and so it's, it's very much a, a form of expression. And when I go to see artwork and look at artwork, I'm looking for someone else's expression. I'm looking not necessarily to 
to have someone agree with me. I'm never looking for something to say, yes, this is, this is in a way that's, I hate it when that happens because in my mind, I'm like, well, I can never create work about it because somebody else has already done it. And that's a, it's a terrible attitude to have. But at the same time, I'm kind of looking, thinking, I need, I'm just looking for opinion. I'm looking for expression and, and, and intellectual inspiration in order to, not to inform what I'm doing, but just to have that discussion. And that, that's what I approach out for. And I think a lot of people within the world who obviously aren't from an art background, because a lot of people aren't from an art background, that's something to remember, artists, that people aren't from art backgrounds. We we chose to look at this in the same way an engineer chose to explore engineering. They understand that not everyone's an engineer. But I think a lot of people will go see um, fine art, and you've got to consider the reasons they're going to see it. And you've got to be able to connect with all of those people. And trying to find that balance is incredibly hard. Trying to find a way to make something which not only demonstrates your idea in a, a manner which is interpretable at a high level, but also connects enough with people who aren't there for the high level. Enough for them to remember it and generate discussion between them. And maybe have them go and research it and maybe have them go and look into what you've been doing. On another level, that's an incredible boundary to try and straddle. It's, it's, I mean, I, I don't even know where to end with that. That's, that is the challenge of, of art. And I think a lot of people miss that point, especially artists. I think a lot of people miss that point of you've got to try and communicate because yeah you can create pieces and you can create pieces to the end of your life but whether those pieces communicate with the world that's that's a hard thing to kind of aspire to but i i want i want people to consider how they they use art i want people to consider how they look at the world and how they view art and and consider why they're going to see art if you're going to see art, I think you should give it his time. I think you should consider the the impact you're having on viewing that work as much as that work is having on you. And never go see art just for the technical ability. Go see it because it's technically ability and because of the concept. And I think I'll leave you with that thought. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. <laughs>